Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Jeff Henderson. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to Launch University. Jeff Henderson here with you today. And our episode today is a little bit different. It's just me, but I want to share with you an experience I had that I think will be very helpful for you as a launcher. And I had an opportunity to tour the studios of Pixar, which is a fantastic organization and a fantastic launcher, because as you know, they are launching movies and launching uh, new characters consistently, and their track record of success has been just unparalleled especially as you look at the Academy Awards that they've won and just their story is just absolutely phenomenal. And so I had the opportunity a few weeks ago to tour their studios and to get an up-close and personal view of the amazing work and how they do it. And there are a lot of lessons that I learned and I wanna share four of those with you today on Launch University. Now, to do that, the first lesson that I wanna share with you is something that happened before I got there and it's the lesson. It's just a two word insight and lesson. And it's something that I would encourage you not to shrug off, not to go, well, I'm just not going to do that because you never know what might happen if you take me up on this offer to to try this out consistently. And the one thing I'm going to, the first thing I'm going to challenge you to do is just two words, ask big, ask big, ask big. Here's what I mean by that. The reason I was able to tour Pixar isn't because I had some strong connection. I had met Ed Catmull, the the president of Pixar, four years ago, but he wouldn't remember who I am. But my daughter recently graduated from high school, and we told Jesse, hey, you know, let's go celebrate, and congratulations on graduating from high school. And so where do you want to go? And we said, you know, let's go somewhere within reason. And so we decided to go out to San Francisco She had never been to San Francisco before, drive down the coast, go to LA. And I remembered that Pixar was in San Francisco, near San Francisco. And so when the kids were younger, we would, you know, watch Finding Nemo, Monsters, Inc. And I remember when we used to buy DVDs before Netflix, Monsters, Inc., when we bought it, actually had a special feature DVD. And one of the special features included a tour of the Pixar offices, and I was absolutely blown away by the culture that they had created. And I always promised myself, someday I'm gonna try to figure out a way to get a tour of Pixar. So fast forward to our trip, we decided you know, six months ago, we're gonna go to San Francisco. So I decided, well, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna write Ed Catmull a letter and ask big. I'm going to ask him if he or his team would consider giving my family a private tour of Pixar. Now, again, he doesn't really know who I am, obviously, uh, even though we met once, but but I wanted, wanted to ask Big, and I actually got a picture with him the, the one time I met him, so I put a picture in there of the note. I wrote him a note. I said, Mr. Catmull, I know you don't remember me, but we met four years ago. Uh, my daughter just graduated from high school. By the way, her birthday's in June. And to celebrate that and her birthday, we're coming out to California. And would it be possible in any way for us to get a tour of Pixar? Now, half the time I'm writing this letter, I'm thinking this is a complete and total waste of time. But the other half of me is thinking, imagine if this will actually happen. So put the letter in the mail. You know, another half of me is thinking this is a complete waste of money, this postage stamp that I just bought. But the other half is thinking, what a huge investment this would be of this postage stamp if this thing actually happens. So put it in the mail. Five months go by. I don't hear anything. 
Then one day I get a call from Oakland, California. I don't know anybody from Oakland, California. And I don't know if you're like me, but when there's a phone number that you don't recognize, the few times that I have answered it, it sounds like this. Mr. Henderson, we have a deal of a lifetime for you, that kind of a thing. And I'm thinking, this isn't a deal of a lifetime from Oakland, California. I'm not going to answer the phone. So I just clicked it. But a little while later, I thought, huh, I wonder if somebody from Oakland, California actually did call me and they left a voicemail. And I listened to the voicemail and it was Ed Catmull's assistant, Wendy, who was calling me to say, hey, we got your note and I talked to Ed and we would love to arrange private tour for you and your family while you're out here. And when I listened to that voicemail, I just looked at my phone and I said, shut up. I called my wife, Wendy. I told her that Pixar called me. They want to give us a tour to which she said, shut up. It was absolutely amazing. So fast forward, call Wendy from Pixar back. She's so gracious, so kind, so wonderful. Long story short, when we go out there, we pull up to the security guard. And this is the big deal, right? Like, are they actually going to have my name? Is this actually going to work? Drove up to the security guard and he looked at us and he said, can I help you? And we said, yes, we're the Henderson family. And this is a big moment. And he said, we're so glad you're here. Gave us our name badges, which actually had a picture of the toys from Toy Story. And it said, there's a stranger from the outside. Love that, by the way. There were all these kind of small details that were absolutely phenomenal that communicated their playful culture. We'll talk about that in just a second. But I want to stop and just say, as we toured this, as the Pixar folks were so gracious to these random people from, you know, Atlanta, Georgia, I just remembered I wouldn't have been here if I didn't ask big. And I can remember halfway through the tour, my two kids looked at, turned to me and they said, dad, this is really cool. This is really cool. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm so glad I didn't talk myself out of asking big. So let me ask you, how many times lately have you talked yourself out of asking big, writing that note, making that request, making that request for a sale, making that request for somebody to invest in your business, making that request of the person that you report to, making that request of your team or your customer or your client? Can you ramp up the asking big meter in your life? Now, let's be clear. Not every time that you ask big, will you get a yes? One of the things I do after reading someone's book, I typically write them a letter if I can find their address and ask them if I can come meet with them if I'm particularly impressed with the book. More often than not, more often than not, I'm told no or I never get a response back. But that's not the thing you have to focus on. What you have to focus on are the times that when you get a yes to asking big I remember a few years ago, I did this with Ambassador Andrew Young, key part of the civil rights movement, former mayor of Atlanta, former ambassador to the United Nations, just a key figure, uh, really, I believe, America's history with all that he has done. Read a book that he wrote, wrote him a letter, and then he writes me back and said, I would love to meet with you. That really helped develop a friendship between Ambassador Young and I. I've had him at our church a couple of times. Absolutely phenomenal. The point is this, you got to ask big. So let me ask you and challenge you and encourage you, who could you ask big from this week or what kind of thing could you ask big? And yes, chances are, since you're asking big, you might get a no. But think of it this way. You're already currently getting a no by not asking. Why not just confirm it? 
And I love the lesson that my kids saw up close and personal. We would not have been here if dad had not decided to ask big. So that's one of the top lessons I learned just from Pixar and their graciousness giving our family the tour. The second lesson I learned, if I could boil Pixar down to one word, uh, it would be the word smile. And the, the reason, that may not be a lesson, but, but the reason I think it's a lesson is because of what I'm about to say next. What you see in the office is reflected in the movie. What you see in the office is reflected in their movies. And one of the things I saw with, was this joy. Everyone, as I looked around, they were smiling. There was laughter, there was joy, and that shows up in their movies. What you see in the office culture is reflected in the product in the movies. What you see in the office is reflected in the movie Up. What you see in the office at Pixar is reflected in the movie Finding Dory or Finding Nemo. It's just there. And that's true not just for Pixar, it's true for you and for me. So what are you seeing in the office? I remember hearing a pastor give us great feedback several years ago when he said, the relationships internally, meaning the relationships in your staff, the relationships internally is what you are exporting externally. The relationships internally, it's what you're exporting externally. So what are the relationships? What are the, what's the culture? What's, what's going on in the office environment? Because what you see, what you feel in the office environment is going to be reflected in the product. If it's a restaurant, if it's a, a church, if it's a nonprofit organization, if it's a service organization, what you see and feel in the office is reflected in the product. And one of the things I saw in touring Pixar is smiling and joy and an enthusiasm, and no wonder that shows up in their movies. The third lesson I was really reinforced to me is feedback is not only critical, it's invited. Feedback is critical and invited. Because one of the things Pixar understands is that, and this is what Ed Catmull says, is that at the beginning, every one of our movies isn't any good. It's just not any good. So what we've got to do to ensure that it gets better is to get feedback. Now, I knew that going in having read Ed's book, but I got a new perspective of this when I was touring around. Our tour guide was telling me, you know, just showing us around. And I said, you know, I've heard, he showed us the studio where they kind of show the films, the first drafts of the film. And I said, you know, I've heard about this thing that Ed calls the brain trust. The brain trust is people that come in and other directors, other, you know, other people, and they provide input and feedback on the movie and where it is and where they think it could get better and how, where, they need, where they think the movie needs to go from this point forward. And then my tour guide said this. He goes, you know, I've been a part of, of brain trusts as well. And it's really cool that they would take my feedback and apply it to a movie. And I just thought that was extraordinary. That, that to me, showed that there was, there was a, a passion to get better and that everyone is valued and every idea is considered. No matter the fact that you, if you are a Hollywood Academy Award-winning director or if you're another staff person at Pixar, feedback not only is critical, is welcome. And they want to get better. There's a passion for getting better. And one of the ways that they leverage getting better is feedback. So how does that apply to you? Where is the feedback mechanism 
for you personally? And where's the feedback? What is the feedback mechanism for your organization? And how are you leveraging that? And are we shying away from it because feedback can be critical or are we inviting it in? It's not enough to be open for feedback. One of the things I noticed about Pixar is they go looking for it. They don't, they, they recruit feedback. They don't just, they're not saying, hey, if you have feedback, let us know. They are recruiting. How can we get better? If you were us, if you were me as this director, what would you do? What would you change? Now, that's not to say that they agree with every bit of feedback, but they invite it, they recruit it, they welcome it. So feedback is critical and welcome. So ask big. What you see in the office is reflected in their movie, their product. Feedback is critical and welcomed. And another lesson is playfulness. Playfulness is serious business. The fourth lesson here is playfulness is serious business. Now, you can look at Pixar and go, well, of course, Jeff, they, they, they create animated films. So there should be a playfulness to Nemo. There should be a playfulness to Buzz Lightyear. But if you're not careful, you can take the playfulness out and add the seriousness of a business in. I mean, imagine the pressure this is a publicly held company now since they're a part of Disney. They're owned by Disney. The stakes are higher now because of their track record. There's, you know, we're talking millions and millions of dollars that, that each money, uh, each movie rather, costs in, in, to invest in and create. There is a ton of pressure. So while, yes, they are an animated studio that makes great movies, you could get so caught up in that world that the playfulness the business squeezes out the playfulness to say, we don't have time for playfulness. We got a deadline to hit. We got to do it. If we don't hit that deadline, then everything is messed up. But the playfulness of Pixar is still there. And it was all over the place. I'll never forget when we were leaving, I didn't see this initially. When we were leaving, I looked over and and looked up to, to one of the other buildings. And if you remember the the movie Finding Nemo, when they had the seagulls and they were always saying, mine, 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 mine. Well, I looked over and there was this gigantic seagull that they had placed on the top of this building that was looking out over this soccer field that they had. And I paused and I told, I told my kids and, and my wife, Wendy, look up there. And we just stood there for a moment. First of all, it took a lot to get this gigantic seagull from Finding Nemo <laughs> up, I would imagine, up and to make sure it didn't fall over, to get it up there. How do they get it up there? It probably, you know, took a crane, all this kind of stuff. But it was a playfulness it was a playfulness to say, reminding everybody of the playfulness of Finding Nemo, the joy of Finding Nemo, um, how memorable those characters, those seagulls were. And I, I love just that image that they went to great lengths to have this character from Finding Nemo show up in a very fun, memorable way that even my family, we were looking at it. And that's one of the big takeaways that we had as we were driving away and saying, okay, well, let's process this together as a family. And all of us talked about uh, the Finding Nemo seagull and mine, 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 but looking over and onto the soccer field. So this playfulness is, is just serious for them, but they, they, they want their work, they're passionate about their work, but they don't take themselves too seriously in the process. And I absolutely, absolutely Love that. And then uh, the final lesson I'll give you is this one. They, they did a great job of documenting their history, of documenting their history. Or another way to say this is they 
haven't forgotten their humble beginnings. They haven't forgotten their humble beginnings. They've done a great job of showing earlier drawings of Toy Story, of Finding Nemo, and uh, they, they don't want to lose sight of the fact that in the early, early days of Pixar, they weren't really sure if it was going to work. And they really didn't start out as an animated studio. They, if you know their story, and I won't ruin that for you, but it was really John Lasseter and Ed Catmull who had this vision for doing what they do today. But now that they've had all this success, they want to make sure that they never lose sight of their humble beginnings. And they've documented that culture to remind them. They've documented that history to remind them, hey, don't forget where we came from. Don't forget that we almost didn't make it. And let's allow that, let's not take this for granted. Let's allow it to allow us to appreciate what we have, where we are, and to keep moving forward. So as they walk around the building, they have all of this great visual images, and obviously they have an advantage because of what they do and their artists and designers. But on one of the floors, they actually have a history of Pixar, and it shows you a history of some of the earlier drawings, some of the earlier images, and it's just a reminder to see how far they have come, and that heritage and that history is visible to them. And, and I'm amazed by how many organizations don't document their history. They don't document where they, they've come from. And the reason it's so important is that heritage will allow you to stay true to the original purpose of why the organization was started. You see, in the early, early days, that's when it was as simple as it will ever get. Because the more successful an organization gets, the more complicated it's going to be. But in the early days, it's so simple to communicate the mission and vision. And in those days, if you can document those early days and then allow it to show up in the present day, that simplicity of mission and vision can cut through the complexity of a large and growing organization. So what are you doing to document your heritage? What are you doing to document your history? It's not a self-serving thing. It's a reminder of here's why we started and let's not forget why we're in business and why we do what we do. And as Pixar documented that, it reminded them of where they came from. Don't forget those days of humble beginnings and let's appreciate where we are. So there's a sense of gratitude that they have that I think is so helpful and also is reflected in their movies. So let me go over these, these quick five lessons again. First of all, ask big. So here's my challenge. Who are you going to ask big of? Something big of this week. And, and dream big. Write somebody a letter that you don't know, you kind of know. Ask something big of your client. And obviously you want to ask something that's going to be for them as well, if possible. But who can you ask big? Don't be shy about asking big. And if you get a no, don't let that stop you. Because as I mentioned earlier, you've already gotten a no by not asking. So the only thing you really need to do now is to ask big. I'm in the process of asking someone else something very similar to what I asked Pixar not going to tell you what that is quite yet, but if it comes to pass, I'll come back and record that in. And that this is something that's another really ask big moment. Lesson number two, what you see in the office is reflected in their movie. Isn't that in movies? And that's true for you and me. What's, what, what you see and feel in the office is reflected in what we deliver. The internal relationships, that's what is, we're exporting you know, in the, in, in the, in that to, to our customers. So whatever's happening internally, you are exporting X. Ex- 
externally. Feedback, lesson number three, feedback isn't just critical. Feedback is welcomed. They actually go recruit feedback, and they want feedback from any level of the organization. Lesson four, playfulness. Playfulness is serious business. So have a sense of playfulness, of, of, of joy, and that shows up um, in your business. And whether it's church, like I work at, quick service restaurant uh, that David and Shane work at, um, nonprofit organization like Kevin works at, playfulness is really serious business and can take your organization to, to another level, particularly as it relates to culture. And then finally, um, don't forget your humble beginnings. Document your culture. Because if you can document those early days when, when everything was so much more simpler and clearer than it might be if you've got a growing organization. And let me say this, if you're a launcher and you're like, Jeff, I'm like a year in, be sure to take pictures, document the heritage, because I'm telling you, if this, when this thing takes off that you're working, you're gonna wanna have these pictures. You want it, you're gonna want it to be documented so that it can tell whoever comes with you along the journey. Here's what we were about in the early days and here's what we always wanna be about. We can always get better. Here's what we were about in the early days and here's what I want us to always be about going forward. So document your heritage, document your culture. and Don't forget your humble beginnings. So those are just a few lessons. I could keep going, but those are just a few lessons about what I learned from touring Pixar. Now, what I'd love for you to do is, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do that. And you can obviously leave a comment on there. We appreciate your comments. We've read them, and that's very encouraging. And uh, keep launching. Keep dreaming. And here's my big challenge for you. Ask big. My big challenge for you on this particular podcast. Ask big. And when that big thing happens, comment on the podcast. And we might even have you on the interview to say, hey, who is that person you asked? And tell us what happened. As always, on behalf of Kevin and David and Shane, thanks for being a part of this growing tribe at Launch University. And what we're here to do is to take your idea, turn it into reality, and sustain it. We want to turn you uh, in, from a launcher into a difference maker. We believe that you, got, you have great ideas. We believe you've got great things that can help improve the world. And we want to just unleash that into the world. So keep dreaming, keep believing, keep launching. And in this particular case, keep asking big. And we'll see you next time here at Launch University. Thanks for listening to the Launch University podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.